what happens when we do allow ourselves the space to potentially change our mind. And I say potentially because when you start asking questions, it's not a certainty that, oh, I'm going to come away from this matter with a completely different and, and changed mind. You might dig in and ask some questions and be you know, rooted even more in your original beliefs, which is cool, great. Um, so having investigated further by asking those questions, we either become more rooted in that original belief or we find substantive evidence where we possibly discover something different, but maybe more expansive. This is the Medicine Podcast. I am Mimi, mushroom queen, AHCC educator, and culinary nutrition expert. I am quite obsessed with providing the unique knowledge for those that want to prevent disease in their body, in their mind, and in their relationships. If that's you, then you are in the exact right place, my love. Let's go take the medicine. Hey, hey, homies, my loves, all you beautiful people choosing to spend part of your day with us. Chase and I are so grateful for you. Another thing I am incredibly grateful for is the fact that I regularly get to have these deep, expansive conversations like what you're about to hear in this episode. I was telling someone earlier this week that I feel so truly blessed to call this quote work. Providing value and creating a safe space for people to learn and grow while asking the big, (laughs) weird questions, that is what the medicine is all about. Today, we have an incredible Under the Red Hat episode for you, but I do have a few disclaimers and warnings first. (laughs) If you are someone who does not appreciate and enjoy hearing about other people's spiritual insights and experiences, then this episode is not for you, my love. If you are someone who is easily offended or triggered by different spiritual beliefs than your own, then this episode is not for you, my love. The very last thing we want to do is offend people, of course, but we do prioritize transparency and authenticity because we believe you as our listener deserve that from us. So today, Chase and I discuss the importance of allowing space to challenge our belief systems and potentially change our minds. And the more specific theme is in the context of spirituality and how we've challenged our own spiritual beliefs over the last few years. Many of you probably remember that Chase and I grew up in the evangelical Christian church and school our entire life. So that's where we get our context for today. But all of the themes that we talk about can be applied no matter how you were raised. Spiritual involvement is something that is really, really important to both Chase and I, so this topic is here to stay, but just know that any beliefs we discuss today or ever in the future, we absolutely are never trying to get you to believe what we believe or convert you to anything. If something lands extra special with you or you are interested in a book that we mentioned, great, love it. But our primary goal is to simply just be the continuous example of asking hard questions and staying open to the answers. With all of that, if something clicks for you today, please reach out to us and let us know on Instagram. I am at Mimi underscore the medicine and Chase is at the Chasen one. We absolutely love hearing from you guys and what nuggets of wisdom uh, you went you went away with. So 
I appreciate that in advance. And if you love this podcast, please leave us a review in Apple Podcasts. We read them all and it helps others find us. So we really appreciate that as well. All right. Enjoy the episode, my loves. Bye. Hello. Oh, wow. (laughs) Coming in. Really hot. Super hot. hot. Wow. That kind of blew out my eardrums. Sometimes it's tough to do (laughs) one of those like noises, like let's go, like trying to fire you up without it sound. Like you don't know how it's going to come out. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was okay. Yeah, it was good. It was very horny. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Like a horn. Just laughed so hard. My slightly fractured rib uh, uh, definitely reminded me that it was it was in pain. Oh, which I want to get to. But first, I want to welcome our listeners to The Medicine. Thank you so much for joining us um, under the red hat. We uh, provide space and we invite you all to um, our private channel that we exist on. That is under the red hat, and we we open the space to get weird and ask uh, questions and um, just be open, and it's really fun. Totally, yep. yeah. It's such a special space, and I love um, that we have such a cool community who likes to get in under that red hat and mm-hmm. ch- chat about all the good stuff. Yeah. And if this is your first time listening, um, quick, quick rundown. My name is Mimi. My love is Chase. And we, uh, we were high school sweethearts and we actually were together for 10 years, married for three. Um, and we separated and divorced back in 2016. And then three years later, we're reunited. And this is our part two as new I would say same souls, but new representations of those souls. Mm -hmm. So we say part one and part two. So if you hear reference to that today, that's what we're talking about. Heck yeah. Yeah. Do you want to update people on your, uh, your rib quickly? Yeah. So you can get some good love and healing frequency vibes sent Yeah. That's a great point. Everybody out there, send some healing, uh, vibrations my way. I, about a week ago, uh, about 10 days ago, actually was, in my little gym here, a personal home gym in Coronado, and very humid day, big leg workout, about 45 minutes in the workout, I'm dripping in sweat, completely soaked, and I'm cool, like wrapping things up, decide to lay down and just do a quick like bench press, just to kind of get the upper body warmed up, nothing crazy, just a, just a little bit of a trigger session, and um, I lay down, put it, put about 165 pounds on the the barbell so i lay down to, to press this um off my chest do a chest workout and as i lift it off the rack it slips out of my soaking head soaking wet hands um and lands directly onto my rib cage um on right under my underneath my nipples <laughs> so um it was painful at the time i again i don't really know what happened i had superhuman mom strength like the moms that like <laughs> lift cars off children yeah. and so i flung this across the room uh, before i even knew what happened and i was standing and completely wind knocked out of me seeing stars um and very very apparent that i'd done some damage to my ribs so um it's been yeah about 10 days lots of pain um fortunately got x-rays nothing super horrific probably some fracture, small, small fracture, bruising. I have a lot of 
inflammatory traumatic response in my back and other spots of my body that are probably just a trauma response to the actual rib injury. But all that being said is very grateful. It's not my face, not my throat. Yeah. still have my legs, my arms, still have the moneymaker right here. It's uh, th- this face. Um, and it makes so much money. For it us. makes a ton of money for me. <laughs> That's what I've done in my life. <laughs> Made money with this face. So um, sending a request to everybody listening. Yeah. Throw some vibrations of health my way. Get this rib dialed in um, so that I can be back and crushing it mm-hmm. in this lifetime. That was a scary phone call for me. Chase called me from downstairs. He was down in the workout room and I was upstairs. Like I was doing my own workout um, in our room, in our condo. And all I heard was like, I dropped the barbell on my chest. Can you come down? <laughs> I was out of what they call breath. And I didn't, I didn't be like, I didn't, was like, I wasn't like, are you okay? What happened? How are you? Are you bleeding? Do you like, do I need to call nine? I just sprinted. I was like, yes, I'm coming. <laughs> and I just sprinted down there in my rainbow slides. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't even know how I got down there. I think actually what it was, I like in Harry Potter. Apparate? Apparate. Yeah. God, I can't, I, I was wasn't the word I was going to say. I think I operated down there. Yeah. Um, it triggered magic abilities. Right. In me. I've been dreaming of Skelligro, uh, from Harry Potter as well yes. to try to get these things dialed in. I have a ton more sympathy for my really three of my great childhood friends were quarterbacks. Um, one of them went to play collegially. The other one played college and then in the NFL. And I'm like, they always talked about rib injuries just being crushingly debilitating. Mm, and yeah. I get it now. I've had a cracked yeah. rib in the past. This one's a little more traumatic and um, is definitely impacting other parts of my my body. But um, it's good. This is a great opportunity for me to get to know my body better. Mm-hmm. An opportunity for me to listen more intently to yeah. the infinitely wise communication system that is my body. And be able to practice what I preach all the time. Which yeah. is doing what your body is asking of yeah. you. And right now it is rest it's intelligent, intentional activity, but, but definitely not traditional workouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're flexing those pun intended, I suppose, flexing those other abilities to listen and be intuitive with what your body's asking for, because that's really the only thing you have is your body's ability to produce pain, to tell you like, Hey, don't do that. That's going to hurt us, make things worse. Pain is such a good communicator and teacher. Unfortunately, we live in a world where everybody's trying to avoid pain, which I don't like pain. I don't, no one wants pain, but I don't think it's seen as a teacher and communicator as much as it should be. We're trying to like, let's take Advil to get rid of the headache. Yeah. Let's do this to get rid of the fever. Let's, you know, do something to get rid of the pain when that pain is teaching you something. It's a good point. I've actually thought of this numerous times over the last week when there has been an opportunity to find painkillers. Uh, I keep a couple hydros in the, in the cupboard just for emergencies. I've literally never used them myself. I got them from some surgery uh, in the past or, or, or from somebody else and have never used them. But I was thinking like, man, this really sucks. I wonder if this is the time to pop a little painkiller or even just like extra strength Tylenol or mm-hmm. Advil or something. And I'm so curious as to the to what my body's trying to tell me that I'm actually choosing not. It's not mm-hmm. that I'm like this big tough guy. It's rather that 
I'm really curious to what my body is, is telling yeah. me. And I want that feedback immediately. Like, Oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm kind of like really in a good spot with where this is at. I realize it's probably going to take four to six weeks and I'm grateful that it didn't happen to me in a previous version of myself where I probably would have either exercised through it or been really control freak about it and started to hyper dictate the calories that I'm consuming yeah. because I'm not not going to be able to work out as much or, um, you know, maybe like overworking out my legs, which are still functioning just fine mm-hmm. because of the fact that I can't have like an upper body exercise for some yeah. time. So lots of gratitude in a weird, in a weird way and looking forward to what this little healing process gets to look like strictly by me just like talking back and forth with my mm-hmm. body. Yeah. Gratitude yeah. and lessons. For sure. Yep. We have a really cool episode today. Um, I'm super excited to talk about this. We've touched on it here and there. Um, and uh, it'll it'll be really good to offer very specific instances and examples why it's so important for us to allow the space for ourselves to change our minds. Mm. Before we do that, I want to know what's in your cup. Oh, what is in my cup? Really simple today. I have one of my go-tos. That is Organifi Pure. I added in another favorite, and that is from Real Mushrooms, a little extra lion's mane. So I have Pure, which includes lion's mane. It includes baobab, uh, which is an African tree, and um, a host of other amazing things, including like uh, coffee berry shell or something like that. But it's it's the intention is um, brain health, gut health. I'm looking for a little more cognitive engagement this afternoon as we podcast and as I have a host of other things to do. Um, and so I added even more lion's mane into that um, intention through the way of real mushrooms and have myself a beautiful hot lemony, a little apple cider vinegary uh, drink over here. Yeah. It's like a little cinnamon, like apple cinnamon tea. Yeah. 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 I love that. What, uh, what do you got going on in your cup? I love in this cup that says transcend the bullshit. <laughs> Big shout out. My brother Cole. Yeah. Up with that. <laughs> shout out Cole. I have Organifi Harmony in here and uh, just with some hot water. I'm having it hot today. Um, it's uh, you can also have it iced. Um, I have been loving Harmony. It's back for good now, which is so amazing. Um, it has a very kind of rich cacao flavor and people have probably heard and seen me on Instagram or whatever talking about how much I I love Harmony. It's basically um, expertly formulated with um, nutrients to help nourish the body, nourish the woman's cycle all month long. So they include um, superfoods like chase tree berry, obviously cacao, shatavari, stinging nettle, maca, and all of these things are chosen specifically to basically replenish the vitamins and minerals that women lose on their cycle. And then also when they're not on their cycle, you're, we're boosting the, oh, not boosting, I would say regulating and normalizing the hormones and everything, um, and, uh, increasing energy. Um, definitely, uh, so wonderful. It's, it's really beneficial for women who maybe have, you know, 
irregular irregular cycles or just problems with their with their cycle in general it's meant to help stabilize and give some grounding in that space for women obviously men can have it too you love it <laughs> but yeah. it's not like it's going to give you anything it's not going to make you grow boobs or something right. it's just it's it's overall body support with a heavy emphasis on you know female reproduction yeah it's regulatory in nature and uh it's adaptogenic in nature and it tastes like hot chocolate yeah it's really so good it's yeah you again it's not like it's producing estrogen or something no. that would be maybe something guys would want to think twice about yeah i mean maca and nettle root which are both in there mm-hmm. are really beneficial herbs for men in general it, yeah. it specifically maca helps with something like male hormone production mm-hmm. Nettle root actually helps regulate male hormone production um, in the sense that if you get too much like testosterone production, it can actually downregulate into estrogen. Nettle root naturally keeps that from happening uh, as long as there's not like a massive surplus, yeah. but to a certain degree, it will prevent that downregulation of testosterone into estrogen. So again, this stuff's pretty awesome for guys. Um, plus it tastes like chocolate. Yeah, it's really good. So all the things that we just mentioned, the Organifi, Pure, Harmony, Lion's Mane, Real Mushrooms, all these things you guys can find on our website, getmimifit.com, in our medicine cabinet. This is a cachet, if you will, basically a virtual or not virtual, but digital uh, representation of what our medicine cabinet actually looks like. These are the superfoods and uh, health foods and products that we use on a daily basis to to stay vital and active and feeling amazing. We never put anything on there that we don't love and use basically daily. Mm -hmm. So you can definitely go check that out. Um, And we have all the discount codes and links available there. And you can check the show notes below um, if you you, uh, need a direct link to that medicine cabinet. Hell yeah. All right. Are you ready to jump into uh, the importance of changing your mind? Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this today. And we've danced around some of these topics in the past on other episodes, either with guests or other episodes where it's just you and I. And um, this is such an invitation into our life because it's a passion area or an area of interest at the minimum. And um, excited to continue to slightly open this cracked door that we have along the lines of spirituality, Mm -hmm. religion, the metaphysical or even just like epistemology generally as to why am I here? Mm -hmm. Why is this universe here? Where did it come from? What do I believe? What do I believe? Is there something larger than myself? Who am I in this journey with? Is it a journey? Is it one Mm -hmm. time? I mean, there's so the many list questions. goes on and on. Yeah, totally. And it's it's this episode, this topic in and of itself is really um, reflective of one of the th- major themes. I would say the major theme of the medicine of our brand and our business is like one of our you know values or missions or whatever you want to call it is allowing space, providing space to ask questions for people to feel like they can ask questions without any sort of judgment and it's a place to maybe get something out in the open that's like maybe weird or fringe or just you know off the cuff or different than how you were raised or anything like that it's just I always want to provide that safe space for people to ask themselves if no one else just ask themselves questions that are are really you know critical to how we relate to everything in life yeah yeah. 
perfectly put. Um, yeah, so I think what, what we're each going to do is share a couple nuggets, whether it's been in our past that have been impactful to us or something we're currently mm-hmm. um, reading or in our studies have come across and uh, just briefly share what they triggered in us, mm-hmm. our takeaways, um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, and how we ultimately changed our mind. Yeah, right. cool. Do you want to go first? Yeah, and I think this specifically, why it's important uh, to me, I'll, I'll go back a little bit because the context is, is somewhat important. So my history, and if you've listened to any podcasts previously, you've probably picked up on it, Megan and I both grew up in pretty conservative Christian environments, evangelical uh, uh, schooling and church settings, you know, classic youth group um, church settings with a traditional pastor and, and like your standard middle to upper class American suburban church and Christian school environment. Um, I myself was never, I kind of went through the motions all the way elementary through high school and challenged numerous times, but sort of like gave up on the challenge of whether or not this was actually real to me or whether it was real and had a million questions. I even went to a Christian college that had a lot of theology and, um, sort of like history of religion ingrained into the curriculum and was, was by the time I got through college, so conclusive on the fact that I was not a Christian, that I actually didn't believe that there was something of intelligence and loving in nature behind the universe and behind the meaning of the universe, that I got into my 20s and my professional career as somewhat of a, I'm not going to say like atheist, because I don't really know what all that means uh, from like a checklist perspective or like a an atheist platform, but it was definitely more stoic mm-hmm. and it was definitely like This universe is a series of very, very complex scientific laws. Um, There is great intelligence in those laws and the way that things interact that are so far beyond what humans have capable of comprehending that we're just sort of playing through life and you're in it for yourself. And there are certain things that we can uncover, especially as we continue to evolve, but it's essentially evolution and scientific formula are the dictating rules to everything. Mm -hmm. And as an individual, have a great time while you're here and try to figure it out. Take care of the people you love because it has this weird sort of like scientific formulaic response Mm -hmm. that makes your life better too. But like generally it's about you. Be Be a good person. Black when you die. You're just, you're just gone. Yep. And while there is this sophisticated algorithmic intelligence to the universe, I don't think it's God. I don't think it's a loving source. And I think that people are spending way too much fucking time trying to create stories around this unknown thing. And again, just so you all know, this is he's sharing his beliefs from a previous time in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very stoic. Um, partially a little like scientific atheist evolutionary. And um, that's where I was at 26. I leave my public accounting, public finance career and move into this really awesome company called Organifi. I'm pretty hard set 
in my life. But we do this thing at Organifi called um, like thoughts of the day or thoughts of the week where people will share something that's really impactful to them and read it to the company. And little did I know how impactful this specific uh, reading of, of a quote or a story would be to me. And so I'm going to read it because of what it did to me. What it did for me after hearing this read was I realized that I hadn't closed the door completely to there being something greater than myself um, in the form of a, an intelligent, loving, higher power. Call it metaphysical, call it spiritual, not religious because I don't have a, a doctrine associated with it. But what this did is it freaking cracked that door wide open and softened my heart towards man, is there something mm. more that is more beautiful and loving than I can ever imagine? Mm. That led to where I'm at now three some years later, um, which is just beautiful curiosity into all of that space. Mm -hmm. An appreciation for how I was raised in the religious setting of Christianity, although I'm not a Christian, but a greater appreciation for the meaning behind that as well as a genuine thirst, fervor, and curiosity for everything else that's been doctrinized, as well as the stuff that's not. And so with all of that, this quote is something that I still go back to, to soften my heart. Love and so it. I'll read it. Yeah, please. And I don't know where it came from, because um, I'm pretty sure it was like one of those things that gets passed around like Instagram and emails. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I, I had heard this before and I don't know where it came from either, but, um, I know it's a, it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In a mother's womb were two babies. One asked the other, do you believe in life after delivery? The other replied, why? Of course there has to be something after delivery. Maybe we were here to prepare ourselves for what we will be later. Nonsense. Said the first, there is no life after delivery. What kind of life would that be? Uh, what kind of life would that be? The second said, I don't know, but there will be more light than here. Maybe we will walk with our legs and eat from our mouths. Maybe we will have other senses that we can't understand now. The first replied, that is absurd. Walking is impossible and eating with our mouths. Ridiculous. The umbilical cord supplies nutrition and everything we need, but the umbilical cord is so short. Life after delivery is to be logically excluded. The second insisted, well, I think there is something and maybe it's different than it is here. Maybe we won't need this physical cord anymore. The first replied, nonsense. And moreover, if there is life, then why has no one ever come back from here? Del or from there, delivery is the end of life. And in the after delivery, there is nothing but darkness and silence and oblivion. It takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, the second said, but certainly we will meet mother and she will take care of us. The first replied, mother? You actually believe in mother? That's laughable. If mother exists, then where is she now? The second said, she is all around us. We are surrounded by her. We are of her. It is in her that we live. Without her, without her, this world would not and could not exist, said the first. Well, I don't see her, so it is only logical that she doesn't exist. To which the second replied, Sometimes when you're in silence and you focus and you really listen, you can perceive her presence and you can hear her loving voice calling down from above. Mm. And that shit, <laughs> when I heard it, I 
we're, we're about 20, you know, 20 people maybe in the room at the time. I was like biting my lips and holding what was like a flood, like a lake behind my eyeballs. I walked, actually left the office, went down to the second floor and I wept. Mm. I hadn't cried in God knows how long. And, um, it just completely cracked me open and I was like, holy shit, I still have a little piece mm. that thinks there's more mm. and feels there's more. And that was really just such a pivot for me in my life on just opening my heart and mind and my being to the curiosity of what is the divine. Yeah. So I share that as we kind of jump into all of this, uh, hoping hoping that it softened some hearts yeah. and some minds. No, I think that's a beautiful example. And and this happened when we were divorced. Mm -hmm. We were divorced. This was probably 2017 and, and or maybe 2018 by now. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know you had you had been pretty hard after that, kind of just like keeping feelings and things tucked away and not really addressing them and. Um, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, but do you, I, I want to ask, do you think that there was any, you know, any prerequisite of this being leaving the door open or, or maybe not leaving the door open, but reopening the door to you and me? Like, was this practice for you, like softening your heart for me coming back into your life? Do you think at all? Okay. We all know by now that the types of products we use on our face is critical to having clear skin that ages well. We need non-toxic. We need no pore cloggers. We need acne safe for our face. But what about the rest of our body? I have had a hell of a time finding truly clean, quality products to hydrate my legs, arms, stomach, and chest. The pore cloggers in the artificially smelly creams and lotions cause me ingrown hairs and bumps and have way too many hormone disruptors. Then I started using oil, but it always ends up getting on my clothes and my sheets. Ugh, so annoying. But now, all that is in the past because one of my favorite, absolute ride-or-die brands, Clearstem Skincare, has created their Soft Skin Body Lotion and Body Glow Hydrating Oil. These two are expertly formulated with ingredients like green tea, vitamin E, raspberry oil, hemp oil, and a blend of yummy botanicals. The result is the most luxurious dual hydration experience focused on giving you the texture and glow your body craves. Oh, and they smell like actual heaven. Both are anti-acne, anti-aging with zero pore cloggers and zero hormone disruptors. I've noticed that in using these two daily, the red bumps and ingrown hairs on my legs have basically all disappeared. My skin feels soft, pampered, and hydrated, like it can actually breathe. Hallelujah. <laughs> if you want to grab some of this body hydration love, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMI, M-I-M-I, -I, for a hefty discount on all Clearstem products, bringing you only the best and only what I'm obsessed with. Enjoy. Yeah, I had another experience in my life that wasn't too far after this where I had a... Uh, 
a noetic download, a, a sense that what I had done was denied love in my life for long, long, long periods of time. And that's love in every way, shape, and form. That is love between my wife in my marriage, uh, the ability for me to communicate love, but then the power of the infinite love or the creator love or this kind of like collective that um, potentially is the reason we're all here, yeah. you know, potentially. Yeah. Again, don't know. And I denied that for so long, but I knew that was there. I'd felt that. I felt it with you as a boy. Um, I think we, we all have felt that in the, in the sense of friends or family or being amongst a community of like-minded people. There's this, just this freaking energy that is mm-hmm. a little metaphysical. And so what that did was it just like reintroduced what felt like a sliver from the past into something like, wow, the realization was, wow, I've been denying something that I actually knew was true because of the fact that I identified it with religion and identified it with this God in the sky or this crazy woo woo bullshit, you know, yoga and chakras and, and, um, like the, all the ways that man has tried to articulate and paint rhyme and reason to this feeling. And because I was associating with those articulations and not the potential meaning behind them, I had just basically closed the door Mm -hmm. to the feeling. Yeah. Because of the the lack of rationale or logic in the way that it had been articulated throughout time. Mm-hmm. So what this was, I think to me, was an introduction to something I'd always known, a reintroduction to something I'd always known or felt, but never landed because of, like I said, all of the ways that the world has been trying to yeah. turn it into a protocol or a mm-hmm. program. Totally. If that makes sense. And And pain and hurt makes you like... I mean, when you get, uh, and I don't want to speak for you, I've certainly had this in my life where you get hurt by someone or something and your instant reaction is just turn away from it, right? Yeah. Like how many people have gotten their heart broken in love and been like, fuck that, love's not real. Um, I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm never going to open myself up to uh, someone else again because clearly this is what happens when you do. Yeah. And for me with Christianity specifically, it was all right, I'm bringing up questions that I have about the, about very, very rational contradictions that I'm finding and nobody was answering me or they would actually shame me for having the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, it also was a response to, like I said, certain judgments that I was seeing in the embodiment of religious practices. I never completely aligned with things like the, the generalized evangelical church against homosexuality or um, even just its stand on other social matters. So there was enough of a database for me to completely separate myself from mm-hmm. all of that because there was just too many pro on the pro and cons list. There were just too many cons. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So with all of that, as we, walk into the next. I'd love to hear mm-hmm. what what, uh, what little nugget you've pulled out. Yeah. And before I share, I, I wanted to, you know, coming into this, I was really just kind of meditating on 
why does this even matter? Why does changing your mind even matter? Who cares if you do or you don't? And so I just wanted to run through kind of what, what came to me and why this is so important to me and, and my life. And hopefully some of it will, will land with someone listening. So what happens when we don't allow ourselves the space to change our own mind? Um, it's really easy to maintain a fixed mindset in multiple areas of life. We can really become dogmatic in our thinking and behavior, thinking that there's this, there's only one way to do this. There's one right way. All the other ways are wrong. And everyone else uh, who does the wrong way is somehow wrong or bad or stupid. Um, we can push others away because of that closed-mindedness. And we ultimately let the fear of being wrong cripple our critical thinking skills. I've definitely had that where I don't want to be wrong. I don't even want to look into it. I don't want to open the closet door because I don't want to be wrong because that sucks. It sucks to be, I thought this and I was wrong. It only sucks if you're afraid of it. If you embrace it and you're curious about it, it's a, a completely different experience. So then I was thinking, what happens when we do allow ourselves the space to potentially change our mind? And I say potentially because when you start asking questions, it's not a certainty that, oh, I'm going to come away from this matter with a completely different and, and changed mind. You might dig in and ask some questions and be you know, rooted even more in your original beliefs, which is cool, great. Um, so having investigated further by asking those questions, we either become more rooted in that original belief or we, um, we find substantive evidence, substantive Substantive, that's the word, substantive evidence where we possibly discover something different, but maybe more expansive. We are liberated from the fear of being wrong. So you're not liberated from being wrong. You're liberated from the fear of being wrong. We become more compassionate and aware of differing viewpoints. And we as people then become more unified because Unity, by definition, is inclusion of different views. You can't have unity with all the same viewpoint. That's just sameness. Unity does not equal sameness. Unity includes differing views. So with all of that, I, I just wanted to share why it's important to me to maintain that kind of openness and that space to allow myself to change my mind. And so my first, uh, my first instance or example that really, you know, stuck with me on, on uh, a significant uh, area where I changed my mind was having to do with my upbringing. And you already spoke to how we were brought up um, religion wise. And this idea that we're taught very, from a very young age that we as people, everyone, this is what we were taught, is every human is born into sin, meaning, the, you know, they call it original sin, the original we sin. We were taught in the Christian setting. Yes. 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 We were taught this, that every human is born into what we call sin, and we need things outside of ourselves, including Jesus and a Savior, to save ourselves. And um, so this is what I was taught. It never, it never felt like real to me when I was a kid because I always felt like, but wait, I'm, 
I'm like a good kid. I'm a really good kid. And when you have limited language and concepts as a kid, all you know is like good and bad. You're like, I'm a good person. I'm a good kid. I do. I listen to my parents. I do my homework. Like, what do you mean I'm born into sin? You know? So it never really landed for me. And, uh, but I never wanted to ask questions just because that wasn't really encouraged. And I was trying to be a good little girl. So when I read the book Original Blessing by Matthew Fox, which I have talked about this book in, in multiple different episodes, um, this is one of my favorite books. And this, this quote really stuck out to me. I underlined it and highlighted it and starred it. So he says, the idea that we are automatically sinners because of the actions of our ancestor and that we are already sinners when we enter the world is foreign to scripture. No man enters the world as a sinner. From his first hour, he is surrounded by God's love. A man becomes a sinner only through his own individual and responsible action. We enter a world with sin in it. That is for sure. But we do not enter as blotches on existence as sinful creatures. We burst into the world as, quote, original blessings. And anyone who has joyfully brought children into the world knows this. Babies certainly are original blessings. This is a blessing theology. When I read this, I was like, it wasn't even so much a, a learning. It was more like a remembering it was like that, that is what I've been searching for my entire life. Yeah. That is the feeling that I had when I was a kid. And I was like, wait, what? And knowing, you know, coming out of that, uh, out of that, you know, book and thought and new way of thinking, um, it, it has totally opened up my life in, in so many ways. And this was a really important distinction for me personally, because when I was starting to question all of these things of what I believed, I, we were separated, we were, we were divorced and I was, was carrying so much shame and guilt from our relationship and divorce that I, I was convinced intellectually that I must be a bad person. I just must be a bad person. I'm bad by nature. I'm broken by nature. It's, I, I'm told right here. I've been told this since I was young. I'm broken by nature. That must be why I made mistakes in my past. And so this distinction between are we good by nature or are we bad by nature was really important to me. And it, it followed me <laughs> through my own, my own finding of, of myself and learning to love myself again trying to let go of shame and guilt that I thought was just going to follow me the rest of my life. Right. And I was just living in that, that low vibrational, low frequency state. And I was, I was making decisions from that state thinking, well, I'm just bad. I'm just bad. And I honestly, like, I'm not saying this lightly. I hated who I was and convinced that I was just bad by nature, even though I didn't feel like at my core I was a bad person. You know, I was trying to go to church again and I was trying to get plugged in. I was trying to volunteer. I was trying to surround myself with good people, but yet I still had this thing that was like clinging to me that I felt shame and guilt over. So when I read, you know, Original Blessing and they, and it gets much deeper into the book, obviously it's a, it's a big book and he goes into, you know, the, the, the argument you could say for that and why, 
the um, obsession almost, the affinity with sin that the the um, fundamental Christian church, they, they're so fixated on yeah. sin and being liberated from that and knowing, hold up, what if I believe that deep down I am good? I'm original. I, I was born good. And yes, we've made mistakes. I'm not certainly not perfect. I'm not justifying my actions by any means. But what if there was a way to come back to that original blessing and really experience it? Not because I asked someone else for forgiveness, yeah. but because I really took it on into my being that I am an original blessing. Yeah. And what's so beautiful about all of this, and it's going back to your original point and kind of the intention of this whole episode is leaving space for the opportunities that could change your mind. What that means sometimes is when there it's avenues that are in contradiction to what you might think you believe at the current moment mm -hmm. or against your programming in this specific case. If you don't read this book, Original Blessing, that speaks of the original blessing and not the original sin, maybe you don't have all of these breakthroughs. Maybe you don't make material, significant changes in your own self-love journey in our relationship in the way that you view your soul mm -hmm. your looks your money mm -hmm. your life your dreams because you never because you closed off something that was contradictory to your programming and to the things that you thought you believed mm -hmm. so back to the to the beginning point where that leads now is just endless possibility mm -hmm. and you know yeah. what you don't have to make a conclusion on any of it. But what you do get to do is try it on mm -hmm. and take note. How yeah. does this feel? Mm -hmm. What sort of things are manifesting in my life after I've bathed in this idea, after yeah. I've meditated it and then embodied it? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you should go out and get a book that challenges your beliefs because it talks about, you know, sacrificing kittens. <laughs> Sick. I don't you know. It's a terrible example. But like. Yeah oh, I'm going to try it on and see how it feels. Like there's a level of rationale and logic that totally. should go into it as well. And, and, yeah. and realizing who or what could be harmed in the process mm -hmm. of trying this on. Yeah. Um, so I, I just on that point, uh, you know, you led perfectly into it. I went back into my, my journals because I journal every day and I, I keep a record of like my own spiritual and evolution as a human. And I found this entry when I was starting to fully embody and believe this idea of original blessing. And to your point, what you just said, it started to ripple into multiple areas of my life. So if it's okay, I wanted to read this. It's not very long, but um, I say, I was not born into this body and into this life to feel guilt perpetuate. The times when I have focused on guilt and God taking it from me were the times I was the sickest in my life physically, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally. I have felt the difference and had experiential knowledge of both. I choose trust, love, self-love, freedom, expansion, growth, the cosmos, Aramaic Jesus, and a creation-centered spirituality. So in that, what really stands out to me is I have felt the difference and had experiential knowledge of both exactly what you're talking about. I lived in that space for a long time and I tried to do it that way and it didn't 
freaking work. Yeah. It didn't work. I was in it deep and it didn't work. And that's the only thing that I can speak to. I don't know what other people are going through or I, the truths that they have for their life. The only thing that I know without a doubt is the th- are the things that I've truly experienced in my own life. That's the only thing I know. Everything else at this point I'm curious about, but I don't have evidence to. The only evidence is the evidence of my life. So I just wanted to share that little peek into how I saw it changing. And, uh, and it really started to, you know... Uh, help, uh, I would say blossom our relationship and my, my, my business and, and everything. And yeah. And, and and we could go into all the reasons why the Christian church speaks from this original sin platform. Right. Um, and there's some very, very intellectual people who adopt this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not here to challenge them because I'm not some historian or theologian. Uh, but what, like you're saying, what I do know is, is what I can embody and how I yeah. feel in my own, you right. know, frequency of, of yeah. existence. And, um, I'm similar and I actually have read a book that is really, really complimentary to this, um, called the course in miracles and a couple, a couple commentaries on the course in miracles, uh, and its text, you know, by people like Marianne Williamson that speak to love and things of this world that are from love and positivity are what's real sin and fear and negativity are actually illusions Mm. and that we are like you're saying in our core the truth that is that is you and i is a construct of love blessing positivity light and everything that, and that's the, that's the true reality of the universe and of the, of the individual and the collective, but the illusion is that there's fear, is the, is that there's sin, is that, and so by playing into the illusion, we're giving into something that is not real. Yeah. And, and, um, it's used for manipulation it's it, that fear that sin is used for guilt mm-hmm. and guilt is really really powerful oh hell yeah i mean people give their money away yeah. out of guilt their life out of guilt they flog themselves repetitively mm-hmm. out of guilt there's yeah. even a lack of accountability i think totally when like, when you think you're inherently broken yeah there's a lack of accountability at certain times in your life because you're like, well, you know what? I'm fucked up anyway. Yeah. I'm broken. I'm broken. Like I've heard, I can't, I can't even count the amount of people that I've heard say that in my life for almost a justification for a wrong action. And it makes me think, what if we were all, what if instead of believing I was bad or I was born into sin, what if believing I was a blessing and I was actually like this almost like this heir of this royal person. Yeah. Like we're born into like royalty almost. And you have to live up to that. You have to make sure your actions are of that nature, of that high frequency royalty. I don't know for sure, but I mean I can't help but wonder how how people would embody that instead of yeah, well, I'm I'm a sinner, I'm broken. So I'll ask for forgiveness later. 
So here's a not so fun fact. Over 75% of Americans are deficient in the oh so important mineral, magnesium. If you're thinking, well, so what? Magnesium is critical to our body's long-term health because it's involved in over 300 different processes in our body. Magnesium deficiency can lead to issues that create more issues, including mood disorders, sleep problems, muscle cramps, and the inability to absorb essential vitamins and nutrients like vitamin D. With most of the world now aware of just how precious our health is, we cannot keep overlooking this rampant deficiency. But the type of magnesium you are putting into your body is really important, which is why Chase and I both choose the Mellow Magnesium Blend from Ned. Mellow is a powerful daily magnesium supplement that can help propel memory, mood, brain function, stress response, sleep, energy, and nerve and muscle health. Mellow is unique because it contains three forms of magnesium that are all complemented by amino acids, L-theanine and GABA, along with 70 different trace minerals. This is necessary so they don't break down in our digestive tracts and can be delivered directly to the areas where our body needs them most. Mellow truly nourishes every inch of our body. My personal favorite is the Naked flavor, which tastes like a healthy cream soda. I stir the powder into eight to 10 ounces of water about an hour before bed to ensure my body gets quality sleep. To try your own Mellow Magnesium, go to helloned.com and use the code MEDICINE, that's M-E-D-I-C-I-N, to get a killer discount on all the Ned products. And to see how we use the other incredible hemp products from Ned, you can check the show notes below to be taken directly to our personal medicine cabinet on my website. When we know better, we can do better for our bodies. And now, you know. Cheers, boo. Sure. It's like, it's like when you completely live off credit card debt and you're in the hole and mm-hmm. you're like, you know what, what's this $20 yeah. extra dollars I'm going to put on my credit card. I'm in thousands of credit, yeah. thousands of dollars of credit card debt, but you know, I can, I can take a little weekend getaway. It's just only, it's only like a thousand extra dollars yeah. in my credit card debt. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in debt to begin with. I'm never going to be yeah. X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. That's a perfect example. Um, but yeah, you want to jump into to your next Yeah, so, and this, one's, this one's really simple, um, but it's something that I've gained a lot of respect for in the last couple of years. And it's been because, like you're mentioning, I've, I've allowed the space and the capacity in my life for changing my mind. Mm-hmm. I thought that religion was so foolish because of these stories that they maintained as sacred being outlandish due to the irrationality of them. You know, these, these ancient biblical stories, uh, even, even something like the garden of Eden. Um, so much of the early old Testament Deuteronomy is a book that's loaded with just completely irrational, like law, you know, you should be put to death. If you have premarital sex, if you're, you know, taking uh, homosexual, you know, action in your life uh, or practices, even like a woman on her menstrual cycle should be like cast out of the city. I mean, I don't, I can't <laughs> yeah, remember exactly yeah. what it was, but some of these freaking just 
you read it, wild and you're like, things. God, I'm glad I don't live back then. Right, and other other religious texts as well. You know, my my programming is condition is conditioned uh, underneath Christianity, and so because I looked at those things literally and partly justified because about sixty to seventy percent of Christianity considers the Bible as a literal truth, mm-hmm. um, or even the story of Christ and or Jesus as literal truth that I completely closed the door. It wasn't until, you know, recent years that I've found people who've, they may not be like Christians per se, but they have just immense respect for the history of the religion. Mm -hmm. They have admiration for this character of Jesus and the archetype of Christ that I've repositioned a lot of my thinking. Um, so two two things. One is is uh, he's actually a YouTuber who's been really fun to to follow and pay attention to. His name's Aaron Abke. Um, his quote, and I'll I'll read the second one that's complimentary to this. But his quote is specifically about uh, the Bible, and it is, "The Bible means too much to me to take it literally." Mm-hmm. Followed by this other quote, which is just from a historian in general. His name is John Dominic uh, Crossan. My point once again is not that those ancient people told literal stories and we are now smart enough to take them symbolically, but that they told them symbolically and we are now dumb enough to take them literally. And so like the combination of those two for me is as I sit here and evaluate other beliefs and other doctrine and other religions of the world to not look at them as literal translations of something because in that case I would close the door to opportunity of finding something beautiful in them Mm -hmm. because they are ancient and they're written by people who were so freaking intelligent and enlightened and in touch with something metaphysical. We could have lost those translations thousands and thousands and thousands of years um, to where we are now trying to interpret them. But I think like this is like this is saying we probably have lost the perspective that these ancient minds were speaking symbolically and mm-hmm. speaking in metaphor to to deliver home a metaphysical knowledge or sense or yeah. experience. Like a truth that would last over the years because it is metaphorical. Perfect. And so where I've changed my mind and it's been so healing for me is... I can allow myself to listen to a Christian speaker. I can sit in a church sermon if I have to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I can open the door to Hinduism, reincarnation, Buddhism, um, even entertaining just like really, really wild, metaphysical, universal type spiritual language and play around with it, listen to it, uh, experience it in my body, not, but also do that with what I grew up with, this, Mm -hmm. this Christian thing and finding beautiful truths in them. Mm -hmm. Um, even having just admiration and respect for this character named Jesus. Yeah, man. What a, if he was here today in 2021, it's fun sometimes knowing what we know about this character to imagine how he would act. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I I'm, do that often. I'm very curious to see what he would be like in a huge mega church, you know, like Joel Austin uh, church. Um, or when Donald Trump is like waving the Bible around uh, in front of, you think, know, the I entire nation. Jesus would probably vomit. <laughs> see, he would probably do something crazy, like go up and like kiss them on the face and be like, you're loved. <laughs> you know, something wild like that. Yeah. Like um, who hurt you? Right. But it's the point being like, allowing that space and allowing the ability to just like take on ideas that I've shunned and or shunned because they've hurt me or they're bitter or I've completely crushed them with my own rationale as well as keeping my heart and mind open to things that I would have considered sort of woo-woo or or lunacy because Mm -hmm. of their lack of a historical doctrine. Yeah. And so what it's done for me is, is just like we've been talking about, open the door. Yeah. And if I can speak about you, you know, seeing this change in um, how you see and approach and view um, these different religious teachings and everything and seeing the beauty in them, it's it's um, certainly like the cynicism around, you know, religion um, has totally transformed into like being able to listen and see the beauty and just being like, yeah, I mean, I... I don't necessarily believe that, but I can see the beauty behind the words. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really nice for me to see, um, in you because the harsh cynicism is, um, it's not easy to be around when anyone is like that about anything. It's just kind of like, it's like, okay. So it's really like being able to view your partner, like almost forgive someone from their past for hurting them where it's like the forgiveness is for you. It's not for the person. The forgiveness is is to be freed of that that negativity and that hate or that bitterness that's in that's in you. You're the one experiencing it. So I'm like I'm relieved and I'm happy for you that you have transmuted it into the ability to see beauty now. Which so bravo. Thank you. Yeah. All right. What uh do you have to take this thing home? What yeah. what little gem have you unearthed from your studies? So this next idea comes from probably my most impactful book, Spiritually, Prayers of the Cosmos by Neil Douglas Klotz. And when I read it again, even though I had many, many light bulb moments, it was like a remembering, not a learning for the first time, if that makes sense. Um, so I've, I've talked about this book before in other podcast episodes. We actually, I, I interviewed the, the author, I think it was number 16 of this podcast. Um, so I do have to give a little bit of backstory of like what the book is before I just go into the quote or else it won't make sense. So in Prayers of the Cosmos, Neil, who has been studying and translating Aramaic for many, many years, takes the well-known Lord's Prayer, which we all, you know, probably most of us have heard, Our Father who art in heaven, blah, blah, blah. So he takes that prayer and presents each line to us in the original Aramaic meaning that Jesus would have used because it's it's well known and documented that Jesus and the lingua franca, actually, it's the common language of that time, was Aramaic. And because Aramaic is such a rich, dynamic language, it's completely different than how English is set up. So it's not, there's really no 
way that you can take a word for word translation. So he gets, he has to translate with multiple different meanings for each word and line of this prayer, because again, Aramaic is just set up completely different than English. So um, many words and concepts can be woven into just one word of Aramaic. So it, English doesn't really capture the intended ideas that are included in this Lord's Prayer. Like if you've ever heard it in church, sometimes they say it at the end. It's like very monotonous. It's very, you know, just slow and kind of boring. And like, who really even knows what it means anyways? And so he takes that and and basically is bringing to life and bringing to light what Jesus would have said and why he would have said it back then and why he would have been teaching with this prayer because his disciples are asking him, teach us how to pray. And so then he quotes this prayer. So what I'm going to do is read just the first line of the prayer and then um, share with you guys the translations in Aramaic what, what those ideas are. So again, this is just the first line, which is our Father, which art in heaven. And in Aramaic, it's Awun Dorshmeya. And so there are eight translations of this line, Awun Dwashmeya. So I'm just going to read them all. O birther, father, mother of the cosmos, you create all that moves in light. O thou, the breathing life of all, creator of the shimmering sound that touches us. Respiration of all the worlds, we hear you breathing in and out in silence. Source of sound, in the roar and whisper, in the breeze and the whirlwind, we hear your name. Radiant one, you shine within us, outside us. Even darkness shines when we remember. Name of names, our small identity unravels in you. You give it back as a lesson. Wordless action, silent potency, where ears and eyes awaken, there heaven comes. O birther, father, mother of the cosmos. (laughs) So that's just one line. That's one line of the the Aramaic prayer translated with all these different ideas of what that line would have and could have meant with Jesus saying it. It's not just this old man in the sky picture, our father who art in heaven. He then goes to explain what heaven actually means or what it meant to someone who lived at that time, who would have been speaking Aramaic. They didn't have a a concept of heaven and hell. That's not, that would have been a foreign concept to them. So he, he breaks it down. Yet we take it literally in in the Christian religion. Right. And because it's, it's over thousands of years has been translated the best it could to English. But if we remember that Jesus spoke and taught and thought in Aramaic, he didn't speak and teach and think in westernized English like we do. So it's important to go back to the source, go back to the root. You know, we always talk about root cause medicine. This is like root cause spiritual beliefs. I want to go back to the source. What did Jesus, who I view as the most significant example figure for me and how to live in life. So understanding what he taught and how he taught it is really important to me. And I would challenge or invite anyone who, who, you know, Jesus is an important figure in your life or in your, just in your journey, like maybe go back to the source and, and 
just open your mind to what he could have meant by his original words in Aramaic. So he goes through the book, he goes through and and translates each line with all these different sort of translations. And so if we're thinking about why is this important specifically to me um, and, and changing my mind, so even though I went to Christian school my entire life and grew up in the church, I had a very, very minimalistic view, a very close-minded view of who Jesus was. Um, not because I didn't want to, but because that was how I, that, how I was taught in church and our school. So getting to know the Aramaic Jesus completely popped the cap off of my small constricted view of, uh, of how to view and interact with God. You can see that in this, it's like, he's not just saying God, he's saying radiant one, respiration of all the worlds, the breathing life of all. That's so rich. That can be the sound of the trees in a strong wind. Totally. That can be the vast endless ocean staring across the beach yeah it can be the sunset or the sunrise Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean male masculine no dude guy with a white beard in the sky slinging lightning bolts if you touch your penis (laughs) yeah totally so um (laughs) yes so reading this and and just you know the first time i i like the first page that I was on where I allowed myself to like dive into this, I wept because I was like, this makes so much more sense. This makes so much more sense. He gives a basically a roadmap of how we are to use our words in prayer, in meditation, to view God, to interact with God, to interact with ourselves, others, and the earth. That's what this prayer is. And that's what completely shifted in me and, you know, changing my mind in this area. It took a rigid, monotonous, memorized prayer that I've known my entire life and transformed it into poetry for my soul that now I can feel at every point in my day, whether I'm making love with you or in my work or I'm standing on the beach listening to the wind and the waves and the birds. It's completely different. So it, it's really just reflective of my overall spiritual journey since then. This allowance of changing my mind has completely transformed how I see my world. I feel like I was experiencing just a very small piece of spirituality. And understand, understanding the Aramaic Jesus felt like taking a big, fresh breath of nourishing air after forcing my breath through a straw for 29 years. Yeah. And I think realizing that even in this, this extrapolation off of a stale set of language that potentially encompasses so much more, even that isn't all there is. Right. Yeah. But even that, felt like (gasps) coming up for like air after being underwater for like what seems to be an eternity where it's like, oh my gosh. And it feels so expansive and you let your breath, your lungs fill completely with air to the point where they feel like they're going to (gasps) like, but even knowing that, like there's always a little bit more room for air. Yeah. What you find. But yeah, I love that. It's like even all with all of that expansiveness, 
there's even more expansiveness. Sure. And there's, you're, you're such a being who finds meaning in feelings. Mm-hmm. And when you surrender, when you open and you allow spirit to manifest in your own being because of the level of openness you've put yourself in, that rings so true for you. It mm-hmm. is your feminine um, essence. It's it's just who you are as Megan that you're innately just in your feels. And so when you have those moments, it is profound, and that is that is complete synchronization with divinity for you. Mm-hmm it may look different for somebody else. Totally. There may be a big buff hairy guy who (laughs) reads that and can identify with the fact that there's so much more and it's really beautiful. But the, the divine that rings true throughout your being after you practice this meditation may not be the same, but what it, what it does is going back to the Lord's prayer. That's beat over your head in, in church (laughs) What this example shows is that there are other ways. So if big hairy buff guy isn't either isn't getting it from church either, maybe it's a hike. It's five hours and you're climbing up the mountain and you're in the thick of trees and you're sweating, but you're you've lost track of time, you've lost track of your to do list, you smell nature, you're you're achieving and you're climbing and all the way you get to the to the climax to the top of the mountain and you stare over the vast horizon and you feel this connection with something so much greater than yourself yet you feel like you are a part of it at the same Mm -hmm. time you have this similar chord that is struck throughout your entire being that rings of divinity yeah yep it's like being like feeling insignificant but yet included yeah and again going back to the whole idea of all this is like allowing space for different versions of what others experience yeah yet when you sit down and you describe the feeling being able to pick up on the sense that like i've felt that too i got there separately Mm -hmm. i got there differently but i know the feeling that you're talking about yeah and like you said it's not like a new one it's almost like a remembering yeah it's like you you almost want to say like Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Rather than like, Oh, that's new. Or Mm. I just learned that it's like, Oh yeah. I know that deep down. And, and I'm almost like given permission by you saying it or by you identifying with it as well or reading it in a book or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, I hope these are good examples for people. You know, we gave spiritual examples because that's what's, you know, at this time, like, I would say really transformative for us, but this again can be in nutrition. It can be in the gym. It can be in your relationship. It can be in your family dynamics, like allowing space to change your mind is, um, is obviously we've, we've harped on it now, but is so critical to maintaining, um, that growth mindset and to, um, resist the urge to say, I already know that. I'm done. I already know that. And just allow, as you said so beautifully, just allow the door to be cracked. Keep it cracked mm-hmm. and see what can happen. See how your life can change and expand and grow and uh, what it might feel like. Totally. Yeah. Mm. Come on. Come on, everybody. All right, my love. What 
is the medicine for you on this beautiful Thursday in San Diego. Medicine for me today. Much love to our friends from Juve as I heal this rib and I get the opportunity to explore health in my body. I'm putting my Juve Go Light on my rib cage this afternoon for a little red light therapy as I increase the mitochondria and the healing energy within my body to get this rib healed up. Love so the my medicine is Juve Light, baby. Let's Love go. It. And if you guys have no idea what Juve or red light is, uh, the, the previous episode to this one, um, The Truth About Red Light Therapy, is episode 73. And you can, uh, you can check that out after listening here if you are interested. My love for you. What do you got going on today? What is your medicine? My medicine is actually um, you and I, as you know, I'll tell the listeners, Chase and I are going through a, um, a course for self-love, self-empowerment, how to basically step into your own greatness and um, to quit telling yourself, you know, negative stories. And so we are going through that kind of on a, a two-on-one, um, in a two-on-one manner with our friend Will. And uh, it's just been really great so far. And I, I really look forward to our sessions, our weekly sessions with him. I think today is going to be awesome. So I can't wait for that. Big shout out for Will. Mm, love it. All right, you guys, thanks so much for being here with us. I hope we gave you some some nuggets for inspiration. Maybe you thought of some ways that um, maybe you are staying, you know, close-minded in some areas of your life that hopefully, uh, you know, us sharing our, our examples can open you up, keep you soft, and just, um, as we said, keep the door open to experience new ideas and um, to to really start giving yourself the space and allowance to potentially change your mind if you need to. So thank you so much. And we are so grateful for you listening. Go spread some light and we'll see you next time. Okay. Bye. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. This will ensure that every episode drops into your library automatically. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine. To learn more about our favorite health products, foods, and supplements we discuss on here, visit getmimifit.com forward slash the medicine cabinet, or just check the show notes below. Until next time. Cheers, boo.